Good morning. We are in Sefer Shofetim in the 14th chapter today. So the 13th chapter of Shofetim was the introductory story to Shimshon. It was the origin story of Shimshon. Who were his parents? Where did he come from? And what is he going to be? And the most important thing to know about Shimshon is that he's going to be a Nazir. Now what does it tell us about Shimshon that he is a Nazir? I know, but what is it? Why? Why does Shimshon have to be a Nazir? Stay, what kind of purity does the Nazirut bring upon a person? Why does a person become a Nazir in the first place? It's the topic of Parshat Naso, which we learned last week, two weeks ago. And the Chachamim said that if you look at the, the way the Torah structures the... You look at the way the Torah structures the, the sections of the Torah, it starts with Sota and then it goes to Nazir. And the Chachamim say, Why is it that Sota is next to Nazir? Why is it that the story of the Nazir comes after the Sota? Now, what is a Sota? You know what the Sota is? It's a woman who is kind of cheating on her husband, but we're not sure about it. And then you take her to the Kohen, you, do, you make her drink the water, is this and that. Now, why? Is the Nazir right after the Sota? So Chachamim said that anybody who sees the Sota in her behavior should refrain from wine. Meaning, in other words, that the Nazir is someone who struggles with, struggles with sexual desire, and we put safeguards in place in order to make sure or to help them refrain from engaging in sexual behavior. So you let their hair grow out long. Why would you do that? That's because if you get a nice haircut, you look good. So you look disheveled instead, so you stop focusing on your physical appearance. And, you, uh, and then the not drinking wine is obvious to refrain and to stop the person from becoming uh, drunk, which is the number one thing that causes sexual behavior. Now, why doesn't touch Tameh, anything Tameh? He doesn't engage with the, with the dead. That's more because... He wants to purify himself so he can be able to access the mikdash. So you take the person who's engulfed in sexual sin, you do the wine and the hair to keep him away from the sin, and then you make sure he stays tahor so that he can go to the mikdash and put himself in a pure place. That's what the, the depth, that seems to be the, the nature of the nizirut and why, why people do nizirut. Weird question. Isn't he like, didn't he kill the most... Like ever in the history of so how did he avoid yeah, becoming Tameh? I don't know, when they told him, the, the nature of his Nizirut is, is weird, because they tell him do not eat anything Tameh. Eat? Yeah, that's what the, they told the mother. Okay. To what extent is this a Nizirut exactly according to the guidelines of the laws of the Torah? I don't know. Because he's also then going to go into, I don't know, does a lion even produce Tum'ah? But he's going to bump into a dead lion, which he killed. And he's going to take honey out of the mouth of the lion. So isn't that Tameh? I don't know. I don't know if a lion is the kind of animal that produces Tum'ah. I can imagine it does. Okay. So there's something, something very deep about the fact that Shimshon is a Nazir. And it has something to do with sexual impulses. It could be the, the, the story's way of telling us... It could be the story's way of introducing us to the fact that this will be his problem. I mean, we are about to deal with a man who 
he needs the Nizirut more than anyone because he's a man of tremendous ability and a lot of strength, but that often comes with a very, very intense libido. Okay? So, so that, that could be like the backstory of Nazir. And that probably is the main thing I want to learn from the 13th chapter, is that that's his origin. No, from the 13th chapter, which we just did, his origin and being a Nazir. For the, for the remainder, now the story actually begins. Chapters 14, 15, and 16. No, 16 also. Is 16 Pesel uh, Micha or is 16 also... Uh, the gates of Gaza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 16 also. Chapter 14, 15, and 16 is, are, the, are, is, are the chapters that you find the actual story. And there are a lot of things we should, we should pay attention to very, very carefully. First of all, we shouldn't take anything Shimshon does or any nuance in the story for granted. Okay. Second of all, pay attention to the numbers that are being used. How many women does he have an affair with? How many men does he kill? Multiples of what number? You know, these are important things in the story. Um, we should also be keeping an eye out for um, why, what, what is, why is he doing the things that he's doing? Is he motivated by noble causes or is he motivated by temptations? Uh, is God happy with him or is God not happy with him? These are all very, very interesting questions that I want. And, and the only way we're going to really build a good picture of everything is to pay really close attention to what's going on. Okay, Chapter 14, first Pasuk. Vayered. Shimshon Timnata. Shimshon, the, the last pasuk of the previous part said that Shimshon grew up and the spirit of God began to ring within him in the camp of Dan. Meaning he grows up and he, he develops some kind of Ruach HaKodesh. Now what is that Ruach HaKodesh? I don't know. But it's some kind of strength that he developed. Okay? So Shimshon, first thing he does when we meet him, he goes down to Timna and he sees in Timna a woman from the daughters of the Pelishtim. Pasuk Bet. He goes up and he says to his father and his mother, and he says, A woman I saw in Timna from the daughters of the Pelishtim. Now please take her for me as a wife. Saying to his mother and father. Now, what are the classic response of the Jewish parents? To the son who wants to marry a Goyah. Are there no Jews amongst your people? Amongst the, the sisters, the, the daughters of your brethren? Amongst our people? There are no women amongst us. They're going to take a woman or a wife from the Pilishtim who are uncircumcised. And he says, too bad, take her for me, for she is good in my eyes. She's hot, basically. Okay, I don't, I don't like, uh, it's an anachronism to say like that. But Whatever, that's, he's, that's he's, how he's saying it. seems like, like he's overcome by lusts, right. Because what's the word that's used, and this is where I want to pay a lot of attention to every nuance. By Yar Isha Betima, he saw the woman. Didn't, doesn't even say that he spoke to her. So it's not like he saw that there was an emotion. Now there was, there is midrashim. Like if you look in the notes, there are chachamim that say he saw her, and then he's going to go and he's going to speak with her to see that she's a tzaddik. This phrase No, I think it's coming up. Now pasuk dalad vaviveimo lo yadu. When I was father and mother, did not know ki me adonai 
that this was from God. For he was seeking a pretext against the Pelishtim, a pretext meaning an excuse to hurt them. And in that time, the Pelishtim were ruling over Israel. Now, here's the question in Pasuk Dalit, a big question. His father and mother did not know that it came, this was from God because he was seeking a pretext against the Pelishtim. Who was seeking a pretext against the Pelishtim? Shimshon is probably... She was probably married or taken or something that he wanted her, so he's ready to kill people to get her. No, no, it seems like in the Pasuk, someone, someone, is ma- someone wants this marriage to happen in order to have an excuse to attack the Pelishtim. It seems like he's doing this, it's, it's a calibrated marriage. Is, is it, so the question is, when it says that, and his father and mother did not know that it was from God, because he was looking for a pretext against the Pelishtim. Now, who is it? Is it God who's looking for the pretext against the Pelishtim? Or is it Shimshon? Now why does it, 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 it matter a lot? Because if Shimshon is only marrying her in order to have a pretext against the Pelishtim, then we could say it's like Avera Lishma. You know, he's doing the sin for the sake of heaven. Mm-hmm. Meaning he's only, he's not doesn't really care about her. He doesn't care to marry a Goya. He's not physically attracted to her. Rather, he wants an excuse to go into their society so he can cause damage from within. Okay. That's one way of reading the Pasuk. But you could also read, is Hashem. God is looking for an excuse to do damage to the Pelishtim. So he, caused, he brought Shimshon, a man full of lustful desires, who would readily go after a Goya, and he put him in, in this place so that he will fall for this Goya woman. Now, does that excuse Shimshon? No. It's just he's a useful tool for God to, to hurt the Pelishtim because he's a problematic person. That's, that's like a huge stretch. That what, what, the way I just, to be honest, that's the, what I think is a Peshat. It's a huge stretch because now we're assuming this is how God was thinking and this and that. Why wouldn't God just tell his parents or whatever? Like, yeah, this is the one. Do it. Why is there a whole conversation behind it where they're now going out of their way to block the will of God? No, no, God no. Putting himself in a, do, you, do you catch what I'm saying? No. If the, if the case was God wanted to do this, why would the parents have the ability to say, no way, they go don't. After a Jew. They just did. They said, they, no. He's not going to listen. doesn't matter. Why is there a dialogue with the parents? If it was the will of God... Already, there's been contact between God and the parents. Why is there a circumvented like? No, the the, di- the dialogue is to show you that what Shimshon is doing is very, very unbefitting of a Jewish person. I understand this. And then the text is telling us, and this is an unbefitting thing for a Jew to do, but know that God wanted it this way because He needed an excuse to hurt the Pelishtim. For they were lead, ruling over Israel in so those the, days. The footnotes here bring the, the Radak and the Rabbah. All of them the say the first one. Yeah, the Radak points to the verse, Pasuk, Pasuk 4, which states clearly that Shimshon's decision was from Hashem. And nowhere does the scripture criticize Shimshon for doing so. so okay. They're not, the, the way they are, on the, the commentaries on the page are understanding it. Is yeah, most of the commentaries here understand it as Shimshon, Shimshon is, is, is doing, doing it. Doing it, L'shem Shamaim. L'shem Shamaim. Which is still the question, suffice what I can put, but you can go into... A, a right, then you have, then, then, then you have a question Then you have a question of to what extent can you sin For It's yeah. a very dangerous, very, very dangerous, dangerous thing to yeah, We're in a dangerous time 
know, we are in right nowadays in simulation reality. Look, wh- whether you interpret it this timeline, whether you interpret it my way or or that Shimshon, it was Shimshon who was doing this. You know, with the it's with thing, there is a very there is a lot of gray in the story. Yeah, still, Meaning, how much can a person sin for the will of God, or how does God use sinful people in order to get His will done? Both of those are potential questions we have here. Yeah, both approaches still have the big question. But yes, yeah, it's good you pointed out. By the way, all of the the people on the page, the main commentaries say that Shimshon is thinking. They make Shimshon more religious than. Then, then what you would, you would, you could, you would assume if you just read the text yeah. blind. Okay. So Shimshon goes along with his father and his mother down to Timna. They come to the vineyards of Timna. There was a lion cub roaring as he, as it approached him or, or uh, uh, to him. Now likrato is in the singular. Shimshon seems to be alone as he's approaching this lion. Why would he be alone? Because we just said he's in the vineyards of Timna. He can't it could be because he, he had to avoid the vineyard, so his parents went through the vineyard and he was going around. So he was alone. And the Spirit of God came upon him and he tore the lion apart like you tear apart a, a, a kid. Um, it's like a weaker animal. No, no, a kid is a goat, is a, is a baby goat. And he didn't have anything in his hand, there was no weapon. And he didn't tell his father and mother that he had killed the lion. Why is that important that he tells his parents that he has killed the lion? Good, good question. I don't know. Somebody is that young and arrogant and strong. Like, oh, look what I did. It's very Pasuk weird. Zayin, and he went down and he, and he spoke. And he, when he spoke to the woman from Timnah. And she was, she was seen as decent in his eyes. Now the Chachamim jump on this and they say, from here we see that he was checking her out to make sure she was a good woman. Because he didn't, want, he didn't want to convert someone who was bad. But he wanted to do the Abera Lishma, he wanted to do the sin in order to get the Pelishim, but he didn't want to do it with a bad woman. You see? That's how the Chachamim interpret this. Am I convinced? Not 100%. Obviously, Personally. the gray area. Even in this approach, you still have questions. Even with that approach, you have questions. But also, it seems like the eyes of Shimshon are very... Are, you see that? You see how the eyes of Shimshon are what we focus on? It was good in the eyes of Shimshon. I think we have to stop. But What did the angel say to the mom exactly about how he takes down the Pelishim? He will begin to save Israel from the Pelishim. That was the Lashon. He will begin to save had nothing to do with like from the inside or no it didn't give any any tactics she didn't say anything just just that he would begin to save them